When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Joe Larson, JB, Brandon Simon, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brant Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. Magnificent. We'll be right back. Joe Larson in studio. He is at Acme. Tonight, tomorrow night, look at this. These sold out shows. He's got big shot. <laughs> big time. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Big time, baby. <laughs> we will be right back with Joe Larson right after this Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's 
terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you did, could. Hear. Inter- <laughs> I'm sorry. You're I, unbelievable. No, I was asking. Joe, you, could you? I was could asking you. Push him you down you want me to smack him? Yeah. I was actually yeah, asking you if if you heard any of that. <laughs> heard any of what? Oh us. no, us no. Oh, okay. I turned the mics off. Oh, what are you me? running? What are you, oh, <laughs> you know, Tom's an asshole. So no, we out. we were talking about dumb people and the stupid things they do in very extreme cold weather oh god yeah you that's no doubt about it we're There's talking no about that around that. that picture that went viral of the u of m kid who's like 6 4 280 crossing the street in a, a over like an enormous puffy coat and shorts and they took a picture of him <laughs> <laughs> they, this guy those journalist took a picture of him and went up and asked for his name because he wanted to publish the picture with his name and he goes i can't tell you my name because my mom will be mad at me long <laughs> 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 shorts <laughs> So he's what, 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that? Oh, yeah. no, he's 20 years old. He looks like, you know, like he could run through a brick wall. He's just as yeah. enormous human being. He's, he's terrified pro- of his mom. We're all terrified of our moms. That never ends. <laughs> he's probably one That's of true. our athletes. Probably. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. Well, if he, the coat he just described, yeah. We give, yeah. We give that coat to every kid over there now. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Larson with us. 8 o'clock and 10.30 tonight. 8 o'clock tomorrow night is sold out, but 10.30 available for now. But it'll be, by the time he leaves, it'll all be sold out. So don't even try to get in. <laughs> no, do try to get in. You'll have a wonderful time. Um, so what were you saying, JB? No, I was just going to say that the other person we talked about was Alan Page. Oh, what about him? He ran on Wednesday morning around Lake of the Isles. Alan did? Yep. Well, how isn't he like 75 years yeah, old? Yeah, that's what I told them. This guy's mm-hmm. in his 70s. God. Joe, did you grow up a football fan? Uh, yes, yes, I, but I'm, I was from Seattle, so uh, until until recently, there was no fan fandom to have. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. That's that's very, very true. But uh, Bud Grant got really mad at Alan Page because Alan Page met this, uh, unfortunately, met this lovely woman. She just died a few months ago, which is very, very sad. But he, she got him into running, and he's a defensive <laughs> tackle, and he goes from like, <laughs> 270 down to about 210. (laughs) Coach was not happy. Coach was not happy. (laughs) So is that why he wound up with the Bears? Yes. Yeah, because he argued with with, uh, Bud about uh, being so thin. Well, I mean, seriously, he lost about 50 pounds running. Wow. But uh, And then he became a Supreme Court justice. I don't know if you knew that or not, Joe. But, no. Yeah, he's the Supreme Court judge. He was the he was the head of the Supreme Court, wasn't he? State Supreme. Yeah, he was the for the state of Minnesota. The, for the state of Minnesota, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's quite some deal, playing for, playing, you know, college ball, then professional ball, then you become a, a, a lawyer, then you become a Supreme Court, state Supreme Court justice, and then the, what the hell do they call the head, the head of the Supreme Court? I keep forgetting. Chief, Chief Justice. Chief Justice? Yeah. Yeah, I guess Chief Justice. Uh, the reason I don't know that is I've never been arrested, so I don't have, I went <laughs> before a judge one time, 
and this is a true story, it was a, it was a bunch of traffic offenses because I didn't have a driver's license and I was driving a friend's car and I ran a red light. Now, they were like, so I'm in, I'm in court. <laughs> the only time I've ever appeared in court, I'm in court and I'm, I think, 16 years old. And I'm standing up there, and it's me and uh, a bunch of dazzling urbanites like JB. Let me put it that way. <laughs> dazzling urbanites. urbanites. <laughs> <laughs> the great part of Why, the were, great were, part. were they doing temptation steps behind you or something? <laughs> no. Dad, I will tell you what they were doing. It makes it sound like they're wearing sequined outfits. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> so the, the, the bailiff is reading off the charges against me, and he's going... Uh, running a red light, also charged with speeding, also charged with... And the guy in the back goes, God damn, white boy! <laughs> <laughs> and they all started laughing. Because I was up on like five different... I think I got like a $50 fine for the whole thing. Because he realized I was 16 and didn't have any money anyway. So yeah, I will never forget, God damn, white God boy! Damn, white boy! <laughs> That, oh, okay. That well, was yeah. that was a true term of endearment. Yeah, I had a, It I, was. I, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I had a moment. I had a moment when I first moved to New York City, where I got on one of the trains that went express, and so I was supposed to get off downtown, and it just went. Uh, next stop, Harlem. Bing, bang, oh, no, I'm on the train. I'm going to Harlem. And I got up there, <laughs> and I needed to go downtown. And I was like, I got to hop in a cab. And this was about 12 years ago, so Harlem was not nice yet. And I walk out, and I get up to the top, and I'm on the street, and I'm trying to hail a cab. I'm looking for a cab. I'm reaching for a cab. I got my arm out looking for a cab. And this old black dude is crossing the street, and he goes, Ain't no cabs in Harlem, motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, you got to take your ass downstairs. And I was like, it was the first time I'd been sworn at and thought, thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Was he a dazzling urbanite? Yeah. yeah it was dazzling urbanite, to say the least. Yeah. I love that. I actually, I borrowed that from a friend of mine who uh, we used to pick up all, all kinds of kids. Uh, in the inner city where I grew up, we pick up kids of of all stripes, as they say. But uh, uh, one of the kids got in one day and I said, "What's how's life?" He goes, "It's wonderful being a dazzling urbanite." <laughs> he was like 16 years old. It's like, oh, okay, whatever you dazzling urbanite. <laughs> I think you're gonna be just fine, kid. That is, <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. It's not gonna be a problem at all. No. So now Seattle. Mm-hmm. We talked about Seattle. Yeah. And uh, it's changed. Well, it's changed a lot. Even though it was always kind of like a, it, it was, it was pretty much always a, not a far left deal. But yeah, did all did all the tech people? Did they change that city? I mean, they changed that city a lot. Didn't oh they? yeah. I mean, the development alone, and then just the different. Yeah. You know, the, see, because it was a logging and fishing town. Yeah. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. That even as yeah. as recently as like eighty nine ninety. It was a logging and fishing, blue-collar town. Oh, yeah. There's t- trees everywhere up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we tried to cut them down, but we were yep. unsuccessful uh, <laughs> trying to get a better view. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, and so it, it, when, when tech came in, it changed absolutely everything. Microsoft blew up, and that changed Redmond. And then, of course, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's Starbucks, there's Amazon, there's... <laughs> Boeing, there's the amount of uh, major companies that uh, monopolize their industry is mm-hmm. incredible. 
Yeah, the great thing about it is that things were going so well, the mayor finally had to come forward and, and go after Ted Bundy just to show him there's a bad side yeah. to, to Seattle. So that's <laughs> exactly. Good. Yeah. Well, that was actually Ellensburg, wasn't it? No, he, no, he went up in Bellingham. Home. Bellingham was. Oh, right. Bellingham. Yeah. Okay. They get what okay. they do is they go right next to the Canadian border. Uh, the amount of <laughs> oh yeah 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 because they're like maybe I can step over and they you know they apparently serial killers are slow I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Have you watched any of that yet? Being I, from the Seattle area, have you I, watched I, any of it? I haven't, but I uh, I do have a mild obsession with serial killers. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it is why people do that. What they do all it's always fascinating. Why would you do that? And then you find out you're never going to understand why they do it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's the ex- it's the extremes of society. It's the extreme. It's the edge of what reality is for anybody else. You can't. You can't comprehend it, so of course you you can't turn away from it. You know, I used to I used to watch all the serial killer documentaries and think, oh no, oh no, is <laughs> is there something wrong with me? Like, is, <laughs> like I was just afraid, like I might get hit in the head and be like, all right, now I gotta go murder people. You know, I gotta, <laughs> murder I people. Like, oh no, like or like you know how um, fruit flies are gay after a certain temperature. I was like, maybe if it gets cold sure. enough, I'm gonna start killing people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, it was a possibility. Yeah, I totally, yeah. Yeah, we had our own serial killer here. It's called the was it weekend. called the weather? Uh-huh. No, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the old man winner. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a weepy, weepy voice killer. The weepy, that is the most Minnesota killer. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, very sorry about it. Oh, he still yeah. did it. I am so sorry. Yeah. Be, oops, sorry. Excuse me. Oops, excuse me. I'm going to just stab you here real quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Should I show Joe how he talks? Yes, please. Oh, yeah. I can do an okay impression. Oh, yeah. So he would call the police and he'd go, Don't talk, just listen. <laughs> I don't know why I'm killing him. And he'd start crying. It was just He's very bizarre. apologetic. <laughs> now, here you go. Here it is, right here. Yeah. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had this tavern. I'm so upset about it. I keep getting drunk every day and I can't believe it. It's like a big dream. I can't think of being locked up. If I get locked up, I'll kill myself. So you can see why they call them the weepy voice killer. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It just goes higher and higher. Listening to him, I want to kill myself. I feel like (laughs) maybe that's how it did it. Just lock him in a room. I'm going to now read from (laughs) War and Peace until you put this knife through your throat. (laughs) My goodness. Oh, I know. Isn't that amazing? That's, That's wild. Talk. Yeah. That is really, That's really the wild, first time but, uh, I've heard him say the name Compton. Compton. Yeah, yeah he says Compton in there. Used to be a guy on the Cakey Morning yeah, Show named Compton. Yeah, I was curious. Say, I so don't know that... why I killed Compton. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened to Compton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, serial killer. Uh, that's great. Now, I, I, that's that whole thing. Well, he died in prison, I think, a few years ago. I think it wasn't that long ago, though. He, he died but, uh, in 1998. Okay. Now, he how, did? That's oh, a while ago, 20 yes. years ago, yeah. Now, how, how successful was he as far as a serial killer? Because, I mean... Three. Three? Is that even enough to I be know. considered serial? I don't know how many. I think three is the cutoff. Is that I the cutoff? I think three is yeah. the cutoff, yeah. So if you kill yep. two people, you're just under the... You like you get caught before the third one, you're like, ah, I didn't well, get the title. And his victims were always wearing red. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so that's yeah, how they identified yep. him right. as a serial oh, killer because there was a pattern. Okay. So he would have kept killing if they didn't ca- Actually, he got caught by a prostitute because he was going to try and kill right. her, and she beat the crap out of that's, him. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's why you don't mess with that's the Minnesota phenomenal. prostitutes. Yeah. 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 Do not mess with Minnesota yeah. prostitutes. you got to be pretty hardcore to be out there hooking in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Negative 27. Do you need a date? How's it going? <laughs> I got the definition for a serial killer, what makes a serial killer. Typically a okay, person who murders three or more people, usually three, in service yeah. of abnormal psychological gratification, with the sure. murders taking place over a month, over more than a month, and including a significant period of time in between them. So if you stab three people, but you don't do it all for right an away. abnormal reason, then you're not a serial killer. <laughs> or you do it all right, and like it's like killing three people all at the well, same yeah. time. Well, but that's a spree. Yeah. yeah. So you actually have to have yeah. a little yeah. bit of space. Yeah. You can't, because uh, it's weird how we... Because they have the planet. Yeah, well, we have different, like, we, we kill one person, you're like, that's a terrible person. You become a serial killer, you're like, ooh, interesting. And then you, like, commit genocide, and people are like, what? We don't even know what to do with you. Like, yeah. like, Pol- yeah. like Pol Pot, <laughs> the they, just, they just gave him yeah. house arrest. They're just like, you killed two million people? All right, well, uh, don't leave the house. Don't you do that uh, again. Yeah, a little slap on the wrist. Well, Joe, i got to be honest with you. I often sit, and, and you know, they always talk about Adolf Hitler, oh, my God, and, and obviously 12 million people. Don't, let's dial it back. But for some reason, Chairman Mao's a great guy. Chairman Mao killed 80 million people. Oh, I know. Yeah. And nobody cares. Well, I, I think what it, you know, like, uh, yes, because uh, it was indiscriminate, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. yeah, because uh, you know he wasn't trying to wipe a race off the country, off the off the face of the planet. But like you look at even right, you know right. like Genghis Khan was probably the most successful. Yeah, he killed something like 180 mm-hmm. million people if you look up what different <laughs> oh, statistics, God. and um, was ruthless about it. This is before you could just drop a bomb and kill a lot of people. This was like everybody right. line up, we're going to cut your heads off. All right, come here. Like <laughs> it's uh, amazing. And and because it was so long ago, he's given this pass of kind yeah. of like, well, he's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? No, he's a monster who, who uh, destroyed. What's the other? There's an inter- another interesting fact about Genghis Khan, and I believe it was that if you are Chinese, twenty yep. percent of the Chinese population has some part of his bloodline. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Know that. Yeah, that's how much raping he did too. Yep. Like he was. Yeah. A monster. Did like the temperature the of the world go and down? Too? Them, like, oh, the temperature of the world went down after he killed so many people. Like, yeah, that's why we had that polar vortex this week. I will tell you very, very quickly here. Got to take a break in about a minute. But uh, many, many years ago, I'm sitting talking to a friend of mine at this cafe. It was a French cafe. It used to be out at uh, you know out in Bloomington. But we're sitting there talking, and we're talking about Genghis Khan and this, that, and the other thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm probably 21, 22, something like that. And the guy's sitting over there, and he's got the, he's got the, uh, you know, the, the sport coat with the patches on the elbows, and he's got the bow tie. So he wanted to let everybody know that he was a college professor by dressing like a college professor. And right in the middle of the conversation, he leans over and goes, it's pronounced Genghis. <laughs> really? Is it also pronounced jack-off? How about that? <laughs> oh, mm. I mean, Honest to God, Jengus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, Your you. name's Jeff, but I pronounce it douchebag. <laughs> 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 That's it.
you go. That's exactly it. So, you know, it's just the way it is. But I did not know that Genghis Khan had killed 180 million. I knew it was a lot, but yeah, I didn't well, know it was that many. I mean, the thing is, is the statistics are all over the place because it was so long ago yeah. and there wasn't censuses. But, like, the, the, yeah, the historians true. put it somewhere between, like, around 120 to 200 million people, mm-hmm. which is insane. Oh, my God. That's a lot of folks. What, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have time to have dinner? No, I'm killing people. I don't have time for lunch. I know, and I think Jesus. about what I've accomplished in my life, and I just feel bad. I don't. I'm like, man, not even close. No, I've not never killed close. a person. Number one, and I find it tough to wake up before ten. I understand. <laughs> we'll be right back. With Joe Larson. More with Joe right after this. Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Because he wasn't playing the coming back to the show music on time. That's why he did it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I need to make an announcement, actually, because the people who listen to this show and the people who listen to the morning show, you did an amazing thing. We got a call yesterday, Joe, from a guy uh, named John from Knapp, Wisconsin. Uh, Yeah, Knapp, Wisconsin. He called and said that his uh, his 31-year-old niece was missing. She left work in Winona, Minnesota. It's about an hour, hour and a half drive to the Mayo Clinic. She worked at the Mayo Clinic, but she disappeared. They couldn't find her. And he made that announcement on the on the morning show yesterday. So we we asked the listeners if they would keep an eye out for her. If they know anything about it, that'd be great. Thousands and thousands of people went on Instagram, went on Twitter, went on Facebook and talked about it. Well, she was found yesterday. So that's the great thing mm. about it. Uh, Lee Meska was found yesterday. She's safe. Uh, we don't look. It's none of my business what happened. She was in Rockford, Illinois, for some reason. Oh, wow! But again, it's none of my business. But I did want to let everybody know. Thank you very much, uh, because the mother of this young girl and the uncle of this young girl are just—they uh, were very, very concerned. 
they, of course, you know, I, I suppose you're going to think the worst of the whole deal. But thank you so much for your help, because without you, who knows? They may not have found her. Very, very cool. So thank you. What a beautiful, uplifting story. That's that great? very cool. Yeah, yeah. They found it's cool when people can come together like that and really uh, help out uh, somebody who they don't know. It, it, it replaces yep. your, your trust in humanity. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we're trying to do more of that, actually, Joe, to tell you the truth, because this political thing is so hideous. Oh, yeah. That we're just trying to, you know, look, and again, I tend to be centrist. I like I like Democrats. I like Republicans. I like centrists. I just don't like this far edge thing on both sides. It's just so crazy. Well, and the, the, Man, the, fact, nuts. the fact that nobody is willing to talk and, the, and that um, yep. especially the ones on the far edges are they're unwilling to compromise. They see compromise as a bad word, whereas compromise yeah, is weakness. what gets things done. It's why we have a functioning government. There's no question about that. I don't know if our government's going to last much longer, the way these people are headed. It's just that why you even – I don't want to get too deeply involved in this, but why you're having a meeting and trying to fool the folks into thinking, well, we're fine, they're going to meet and they're going to settle, they have no intention of settling. No. no. Um, and maybe they will. They might. They still could settle. But it doesn't look to me like they have any interest on either side of settling this thing. No, that's for sure. To you? No, no, because again, they they they're they're appealing to a small base, mm-hmm. and that base does not want them to waver whatsoever. Yeah. It's a yeah. very screw you, I got mine sort of thing, and that's and it, it, like you said, it's on both sides. There's on both sides. Oh, there's is. an unwillingness yeah. to compromise, and it's really unfortunate because it's driving this country into the shitter. <laughs> well, it is. You're absolutely right. It is. You're absolutely right. I should tell you one other thing. There was a really nice story this morning as well. 20, well, actually, it was 32 below at one point yesterday. They do not know who did it because they didn't come forward. But somebody rented 70 hotel rooms to put uh, homeless people in so they wouldn't die. Wow, that's Now, that's awesome. the story I want to hear. That's, isn't that just phenomenal? Yeah. So there are a lot of really, really good people. Look, again, Democrat, centrist, Republican, that area, we're all, you know, tr- try to be the best people we possibly can. It's the psychos on the, on the edges that are just getting all the attention, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things where uh, I I don't think anybody's – it's not done out of malice. It's done out of they really, truly think they have the best idea of how to uh, help the country. You know, I don't think this is yeah. – I don't think they're psychos. I think they're just uh, <laughs> very passionate, if you will. Well, I, the, only, the only argument I would have for that, Joe, is the fact that it doesn't bother them a bit – to destroy someone's life. That, that yeah. part bothers me. Yeah, especially like when you look at the look at the shutdown and how many people were, you know, kicked out of houses and lost lost yep. uh, car payments and things like that because of uh, they didn't get paychecks, you know, and that's really unfortunate. Well, and I'm surprised more people because Catherine and I did step up and support a family. I mean, it was nothing as it turned out. It was a, what, about a month or five weeks or something. So it was not that big a deal, but, you know, we didn't make a big deal out of it. I'm, and I'm surprised that more people didn't do that, actually. Yeah, well. Because it did, I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But it is one of those cool things where if if you did make a big deal about it, there may have been more people that would step up, you know. Well, that's yeah. true. You, you, got this, you got this awesome platform where you can save people's lives and find them in Illinois. Uh, which, yeah, in you know, Rockford. Yeah, you got a person out of Illinois, and I think if you can do that, um, if you can get that, if done. you can get just one person out of Illinois, uh, 
I, I, I guessed this morning, a postulate this morning on the KQ Morning Show, that maybe she rode, drove to Rockford, Illinois, so she'd go to Rick Nielsen's uh, Swedish Pancake House down there. <laughs> phenomenal. Well, that just shows you how much, how much people don't want to go to work. You know what? I'm just going to go Rockford. I don't, I'm just going to keep driving. Well, when you have, have that pancakes. crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. That place is good, though. It's true. It's absolutely true. But, yeah, I think uh, and uh, you and I talked briefly yesterday about uh, doing comedy with these people, you know, throwing daggers at each other and the, the thing shut down and you feel bad at people, you know, uh, trying to pay their bills and all that. Although it was it was five weeks, so I don't imagine many people missed many payments. And they're not going to throw you out of your house. You miss one payment, I wouldn't think. I don't no. think that's legal. No, I don't think that's legal either. I think that, you know, but but it is one of those things where if you are working paycheck to paycheck, that's two paychecks you don't get. Yeah. You know, this is, no, you're right. you know, you're this is, right. this is food that you're not eating. You know, I mean, you, you and I hopefully are in this situation where uh, pay, you miss a paycheck. It's not a big deal. But there's a lot yeah. of people that aren't yep. in that situation. And those are the people working at TSA. You know, those, these aren't, these, jo- yes. these jobs aren't, yep. aren't giving you $4 million a year. So uh, that's why, that's why it makes it really rough. No, absolutely. Matter of fact, it was a TSA family that we we helped out during that because you know that's not an easy job anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just put it this way: I like TSA except for in Fort Lauderdale. That's how I just, <laughs> let me throw that. In. Oh my God, those guys are such jerks! It's unbelievable. Hey Tom, do you want to sponsor this TSA family? Sure. Where do they work? <laughs> <laughs> they work in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Get it? No way. Uh. I, I was going, you know where you put your hands up and they do that, in that you're kind of like in this little little tube. Omni-scan or whatever. Hands up. The Omni-scan, yeah, exactly. I had, I guess, I didn't even know it was in there. I had a piece of paper in my pocket, and mm-hmm. apparently there must have been some, uh, something on it or whatever. So he goes, step out. Like that. He just goes, step out. So I said, okay. And he goes to me, what I tell you? I oh. said, what? <laughs> He goes, what did I tell you? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, you have something in your right pocket? I said, no, I don't. He goes, yes, you do. So I reach in there and pull this piece of paper out, and I go, sorry. He goes, well, maybe you should listen next time. Oh. I'm like, Jesus, why don't you calm down? Right, let's shut down the government again. All right. <laughs> shut them down. Just in Florida. Just in Florida. I'm done with that. That is not okay. I have that, yeah, I have that, I, that's I, not okay. I left a piece of paper in my back pocket recently, and I was going through that mm-hmm. scanner. And she goes, uh, she goes, we're going to have to pat down uh, your mm-hmm. backside. And I said, you're welcome. <laughs> and, she, and, I go, and I go, it must be picking up go. my buns of steel. And uh, they, yeah. they yeah. don't laugh. They don't have any sense of humor. No. I don't know. I wonder if that's no, a, part right of the hiring that. process. They bring you to a comedy club. And if you just sit there stone-faced <laughs> the entire time, like, you got the job. Welcome to Fort Lauderdale. When we went down to Florida, no I went through that thing, and I had nothing on nothing mm-hmm. and um she like comes out she goes we're seeing something on your back i have to pat your back and i'm like what would i hide on my back yeah like of anything like, what there was nothing there so i don't know it was it's a the sword yeah apparently apparently i just had something hanging out in the back of my just a broad sword on her back body. just enormous <laughs> what do you mean i have something in my back it's like four feet long 
I do remember weird. like when the first when it first when the TSA start, first started like they after 9/11 they were cracking down mm-hmm. and there was like you can't bring anything through and I remember I was walking through and they took my nail clippers they're like you can't have these oh and yeah I, yep. and they, and they took them away and I turn around and there's a guy behind me and he's carrying a, a driver a golf club, a driver, uh-huh. and I a golf club. Yes, I call an enormous, like much four easier foot to use as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, you can go ahead and go through." Um, what my favorite one was doing. I was doing America's Got Talent, and uh, it was at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And so there's um, a lot, a lot of security, and even the talent has to go through this security, this scanner. So there's, they have a metal detector, and they go through all of your bags. And so you know, I walk through, and, and nothing. And then the next guy walks through, and his talent is juggling chainsaws. So, oh, God. so he comes and he, he puts his bag on the on the on the uh, table, and they search his pockets and stuff. And he walks through the metal detector, and then they go through his bag, like you know, looking for dangerous weapons. They're like, "What's that? Chainsaw? Another chainsaw? Yeah, you're fine. You go ahead and go." I like it. Works for me. Uh, There's so many things at the airport. The airport, if you want to go through some bizarre situations, ladies and gentlemen, even if you're not going anywhere, just go hang out at the airport because there's some bizarre stuff. (laughs) Honestly, I had a guy like this. I don't know if it was some country and western guy or whatever it was, but he had this gigantic belt buckle. And I mean, this thing was like the size of a dinner plate, for God's sake. So he goes through the metal detector. And this is not long after 9-11. I mean, it was maybe a couple of years later. He goes through, and of course the thing sets it off, because he didn't, I don't know why he didn't take his belt off, but he didn't. They pull him aside, and they say, sir, you're, we can't let you go through. You're going to have to take that belt buckle off, or take your belt off, and then go through. And he goes, well, it's not my belt buckle. It's that bomb I got in my pocket. <laughs> he was gone in about five seconds. Jeez. He was gone. Yeah, you're gone. not supposed to do that. Not very smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently that it's guy was just looking for a full cavity search. That's yeah, what he was really. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, my prostate's been acting up, but I don't have health insurance, so I'm just going to walk into TSA and tell him I got a bomb. I mean, it was quick. They were there, and he was gone. It was unbelievable. Right. That's beautiful. I mean, think about that. Why would you? What? I mean, really? I so it was you're funny. a comedian now, sir? Yeah. So, well, some people I have guess. a compulsion to do the wrong thing That's every time. True. You know. That is true, isn't it? Why is it that the people always want to do the wrong thing? Now, some people, not everybody. Yeah, well, I think if you ask my wife, uh, I do that too. (laughs) (laughs) I love the line about your wife. It's on the the Acme website. But the line about what you're, oh, you're so funny, oh, yeah. Joe. Well, you're yeah. just so funny. Of course. I know. It's, it's really, it's, you know, that's the thing is, that, you know, that when you first start dating a comedian, it's always, oh, you can, you can joke about everything. You make everything funny. And then, of course, two years in, it's, is everything a joke? Is everything funny to you? Can't you be serious for two seconds? What a great, that's a great story right there, because it's true. Oh, it's 100% true. I'm sure it's true. Well, my wife's a doctor, too, so I will, I will, um, I will be sick, and I will be like, I, I made, I made the mistake one time going, my throat hurts, what's wrong with me? And that is a normal question for a doctor that you're paying, but when it's your wife, she's going to have a creative answer for what's wrong with you. (laughs) She's like, well, you don't listen, Uh, you're you're not in tune with your feelings, you haven't done the dishes in a week and a half, and... Love it. Absolutely love it. That is, I saw that again uh, on the Yakby website. Man, that's a great. Is every have to be a joke? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, time, time. The, the clock has ticked, hasn't it? There's no it question has. about it. It has. It's so funny because that's so, you know when you're before you're married, you just that's all you think about is marriage. Right. You no, know, you're 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 single. All you think about is oh maybe I'll marry this person, and and then you get married, and all you think about is murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's exhausting. Nice. That, uh, now, where did you meet your wife? Uh, I taught her how to box, actually. Hmm. Really? Oh, yes. Of all things, I was working in a gym. I, I grew up doing martial arts and boxing and Muay Thai. And mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. uh, she said she wanted to learn how to box. And so I taught her how to box. And she hits real hard. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> she terrifies me. Um, and, uh, and we were out in Seattle. And she was uh, working, uh, doing uh, consulting at this uh, doctor's office. And uh, she decided she wanted to quit that and start her own practice. And so I, I said, okay, well. Heads up, I'm moving to L.A. or New York in a couple of years. And uh, she said, okay, great. And then she came back with plane tickets to both places and said, let's check them out. And I was like, okay. And Ooh, she liked New York like better. It. So that's where we moved. Well, New York is terrific. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, do you spend a lot of time in L.A. as well? Yeah, I mean, there are like probably three or four times a year. And it's, you know, I, I like being out there when I'm out there because I'm usually out there for something cool. You know, it's I'm yeah, not just hanging yeah. out. But, uh, man... It's the thing about New York is you want to go to the next spot and see the next thing. It's across the street. You don't have, you know, it's you're there. Yeah, you're, yeah. It's, it's all right in your face. Uh, L.A. It's like, oh, you want to go to the next thing? Okay, get in the car, sit in traffic for forty five hours, and then, you know, <laughs> to go twelve minutes. Yeah. You know, it's just it's absurd. It's, I don't know how those people. It's the four oh five. I don't know how they do that every day. Oh my god, they just know, sit there god. and yeah. sit there and sit there. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. Well, how they do it is they listen um, to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's you're right. right. How you doing about our podcast? Well, yeah, well, but it's only two hours long. Say. What do you do with the other five hours? <laughs> know, exactly. And that's true. It's a good point. That's a very, very good point. But, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting to, to compare New York to Los Angeles because they're nothing alike at all. You would think they would draw kind of the same type of people because at, at first in the 40s and 50s, all the entertainers were in New York. Johnny Carson started his show and in New York, and then they all moved to, to L.A., but that whole New York thing didn't go with them, and I, I often wonder why that is. Well, yeah. You know, I, think, I think what it is is he, uh, my buddy has a great joke. Dan St. Germain, very funny comedian. I definitely got to give him a plug on when, he, when I'm going to quote his joke. But he goes, uh, the difference between New York and L.A. is uh, you ask somebody if you should move there, right? If you ask, you ask somebody from L.A. if you should move there, they'll go, they'll always go oh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. The weather's gorgeous. It's so nice. It's 80 degrees every day. You ask some of your new New York if you should move there, and they go, ah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers 
just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. In 10.30 at Acme, uh, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30, the 8 o'clock show is sold out. Joe Larson with us in studio. We've been talking, well, basically, bombs, serial killers, and murder. <laughs> and cold That's weather. pretty much what we've been talking And cold weather, yes. And the weather trying to kill you. Yes. That's exactly right. Real uplifting show. <laughs> really, really uplifting. You know, fascinating, but... Might, yeah, I don't know. We'll do, be fine. It'll it, be okay. It's hard to not have a little bit of an obsession with death because it is it is the only thing we can't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah, only yeah. true unknown. Well, that and how to make your wife happy. <laughs> There's only two true unknowns. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, hey, honey, get out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was weird because the day at work, two of our IT people, one of the guys was having car problems and he... Slams his phone down, and he's like, I just told my dad and brother, say, hey, heads up. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be meeting you guys for birthday uh, breakfast for mom, but my car isn't starting. Just to give you guys a heads up. His brother and dad then started to tell him how to fix it. He never told them what was wrong or anything. He just said my car oh, wasn't well. running. <laughs> and, I, and I pulled him and the other young man close to me i said now understand something here's a lesson for you it's it, it's in your dna when a woman says she has a problem don't try to fix it right away just sit there and listen i said your dad yeah. and your brother are doing exactly what you shouldn't do if a woman said she has a problem just sit there nod and go okay now when she says can you help me then that's when you start offering the advice so she has to ask you. Right. If no, you, I suppose it does make sense. Right. If she doesn't ask you, I told them, if she doesn't ask you, just sit there and nod and go, I hear you. I'm listening. That's why I've never helped Cassie or Melissa. They've never asked. <laughs> so you're out. Forget it. You're out of the mix. Forget no question. It. So what kind of doctor is your wife? Uh, the one that makes enough money so I can live in Park Slope. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind. Um, yeah. No, she is, is a, a lot of she, she specializes in PCOS and Hashimoto's, basically women's oh. uh, hormone issues. Um, mm-hmm. And she actually has a book that's coming out. It's her second book. It's in a little plug for my wife's book. Um, it's called Hangry. Ooh, I like um, it. it was going to be called Hangry Bitch, but uh, <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Publicity. You, yeah, well, you can't get it on Amazon's cover page and a couple other things oh, because of that. Um, so oh. in order for them to have a better... Uh, reach, um, they had to change the title. But it's a great book. It's about women's hormones and and, uh, how to fix them and how to manipulate and uh, understand your own body. Is she entertaining like you? Yeah, actually, she's very funny. She is very funny. Okay, we should have have her on talking about her book. That'd be great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's she's very smart and very funny. 
Well, she married you, so she can't be that smart. No, she's not. Thank you very much. Well, I always walked into that. I did. I did. Here's the reason that I was able to marry her is timing. It's all about timing, right? Everything's about timing. Yeah. Because when she met me, she had just gotten divorced from a guy who ended up doing heroin and robbing 11 banks. So compared to him, I looked real good. Real good. I'm just showing off veins and stuff like, look at me. I can stay yeah, awake at the dinner table. So, <laughs> <laughs> stay awake. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is a plus. Yeah, when you can stay awake, it's it's really nice. Now, I uh, so I suppose. Well, we're at the we're in an age now where men and women. It's got to be pretty close to getting paid the same. Are we, have we gotten a lot closer? Haven't we? Men and women getting paid. Like if there are two doctors, one's a man, one's a woman, they're going to get paid pretty much the same, aren't they? Depends on what they do. Good question. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I I am all for women getting paid even more than men because my wife makes all of the money. Uh, So, so (laughs) more money, please. Yeah, please make all the money. Please do it. You know what my wife does to me all the time, Joe? We're like last night we were watching Grace and Frankie because I've never seen it. But I started watching it, and uh, I do like it. I think it's pretty, really entertaining. But every time one of the two women, Grace or Frankie, makes a comment about their ex-husband, or I guess they're not exes yet because I just watched the first season. It's a story for people who don't know about uh, two couples, and the men fall in love and have an affair behind their women's back for 20 years, and then they finally go to them and say, uh, we're, Saul and I are going to get married. So that's how the whole thing starts, right? But every time one of the guys puts his foot in it or missteps in any way, I look over and she's lying on the couch pointing at me. <laughs> That's really great. That's really nice. Oh, you do that. Thanks, honey. I feel much better about myself now. It's funny how but, much you, know. you, 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 lo- you really love your spouse, but it's, it's, it's the one relationship that you are in all of the time, all of the time. And so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's so funny how, like, uh, I, will, I will complain or I'll make jokes about my wife because it is stressful and it's exhausting. And they will point at you and go, you're an idiot. And she's <laughs> very will. correct. Uh, but, but at the same time, it's like, I, I do love this person. I'm not going to leave them because they think I'm dumb, you know. <laughs> No, I understand that completely. But yeah. do you get told all the time your wife is too good for you? Because uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's a beautiful doctor, and I'm an idiot comedian. So <laughs> I think, I well, mean. <laughs> he just answered my question there as a morning radio host and <laughs> afternoon podcast. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, but, but that is an interesting way to go through life is like every time uh, I met this guy. Well, this couple, he, I, he, I golfed with him, this is a few years ago, and I was introduced uh, through other friends. So the four of us played golf, the four guys, we played golf, and then we're going to meet our wives, they're gonna, they were going to come, and we're going to have dinner. And the new guy that I just met that day, uh, we go in, and then the wives start to show up, and my wife walks in, and he's, he's staring at her. And then he stares at me with this quizzical look on his face. I'm like, shut up, jackass. <laughs> like, honest to God. So you probably get a little bit of that. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, you, yeah. you settled wow. for him, huh? Okay, all right. Wow. That's interesting choice. Is it a charity here. thing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, she's blind. Oh, no, she's not. Okay, yes. okay oh, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Where's your cane, lady? Yeah, yeah good. So, 
Does your wife get along with your family? You get along with her family? Because that's a big deal, man. Well, uh, she's had some Oh, troubles. boy, look at the time. Uh, yeah, I gotta, well, I gotta go. It's, uh, oof, this is... She's had a little trouble with my family because I, uh, I come from a dysfunctional family. Well, I, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to any of those assholes in years. Um, uh, <laughs> so, you know. That's um, nice. Yeah, but no, it's... Uh, no, she's... She, but uh, her family's awesome. I, I get along with them very well. Her brother's uh, an architect. Um, she's a doctor. Dad's a, a pharmacist. He makes way too much money as a pharmacist. I don't know how he does it. I think uh, I think he's actually a spy. He calls. Okay. He calls from. He's a pharmacist who makes way too much money, and then he calls from undisclosed locations all over the globe. So I think the pharmacist is a cover-up. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he'll be like, "I'm in Prague," and we're like, "Why is it an unknown number?" And he's like, ha, 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 "Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later." <laughs> I thought you. I can see that. I thought he was going to say he has more. He has a lot of money because he's dealing on this side. We, well, yeah, I don't, you know, he's, I think, I think he's above board on that one, but, uh, I mean, it's not a bad, not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah, he's kicking a little extra money, but yeah. that, yeah, I suppose, so, so they don't give you any, well, you're still out there. Did they say this to you? Because here's what I like. Yeah. When, when uh, I first met Catherine, I was working at Capitol Records, and I was a regional promotion manager, and then I got back into radio, because I had been in radio, went to work at Capitol, then got back into radio. And after the first couple of years, it was the old from from the mom and dad. Still trying that radio thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I love oh. that. Are you still doing your skits? Are you doing your skits? <laughs> <on> your <time laughs> doing your... Are you doing? Or or my favorite is they'll put little in front of it. Are you doing a little comedy show while you're here? Oh, <laughs> a yeah. little, oh, a little yeah. one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or or my other favorite one is the advice from people not in show business about show business. Oh God! They go. You oh, know God. what you should do. You should get on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you I never should. thought of that. Uh, yeah, I'll call them right now. I mean, it's Saturday night. They're obviously not busy. <laughs> <laughs> you should get on Saturday Night yeah. Live. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, well, Jay Leno tells that story. As a matter of fact, the first time he appeared on The Tonight Show, he called his parents back in Boston and said, Hey, Mom and Dad, I'm going to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson tomorrow night, so I want you to watch. It's, you know, it's, gonna, it's a huge break in my career. It's going to be wonderful. So he's on on like a Wednesday night or something, whatever. And he, he does very well, obviously. Jay Leno's first appearance on The Tonight Show. The next night, Thursday, uh, um, like midnight, he gets a call from his dad, and his dad says, I watched The Tonight Show tonight. What, you get fired? <laughs> <laughs> What a great story. That's wonderful. You fired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to think that his dad has the same voice. Wait, you fired? <laughs> oh, he, he, well, when Jay tells the story, he's got that voice again. What, you get fired? What, you fired? <laughs> <laughs> he has one of the funniest goes, voices in show business. He does. He does. Oh. He does. And no one works harder than that man. My no. God, he works. He works hard. He's it's a beast. He is enough. so funny. I love Leno. He's so funny. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he's a very pleasant guy, too. He's still to this day. I mean, he, the whole time he was on The Tonight Show, he would still come on the morning show. A lot of guys, once they get that high, they just, I'm not doing any more interviews. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he still does tons of them. Well, he tons likes, he loves this. It's not, he's mm-hmm. not doing he this as a means to an end. He's do, This is the end. He just loves being a comedian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think most comedians do, but, you know, some of them are like, ah, I'm tired of the morning radio thing. Or, or yeah. whatever it is. But Yeah, they do. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good man. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So... 
When are you going to be on Saturday Night Live? Come on, let's go. <laughs> I just got a call from your from your in-laws, and they said, hey, I, tell Joe to get off his ass. Get I, off his ass. I actually, I used to write for Weekend Update. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, well, yeah. There was it was like one of those things where you once you you you, you submit and then um, they if they pick out one of your jokes, then they send you a check from you know Shinehart Wig Company or whatever that's like for seventy five bucks. And it was so right. the first joke I got on, I was so stoked because I was going to get this check, and it, I wasn't excited about the money. I was excited of a check that said from Saturday Night Live. You know, I was like, that's super sure. cool. I don't even want to cash it. I just want to frame it, put it on my wall, and it's from some like holding company. Yeah. It's like. Mm-hmm. Behringer 937 Holding Company and $75 and it says like for consulting. It doesn't even say for writing on it. I was like, ah, man. For consulting? For consulting. I would assume they do that so you won't cash the check. Oh, yeah. I mean, you would think. That would be smart. Yeah. I know uh, Saturday Night Live is really hurting for that seventy-five bucks. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, Picasso. You know, Picasso did that, right? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He wrote, he wrote a check for everything that he ever bought because no one would ever cash them so they'd have his autograph. Uh-huh. Really? That was very smart, that wasn't it? That is very smart. Wow. <laughs> it really is. It's like, I, man. Yeah. I like that he was an amazing artist and also a scam artist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cheap bastard yeah. and a scam artist. That's but, amazing. Know, well, <laughs> but it, you think about that. I suppose if, if Picasso had written a check to me, I would have, I would have never cashed it. Probably. Well, it depends how much it was for. Yeah, sure. yeah. I imagine would, right. you, you could probably sell the check for more than it was yeah. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's very. True. I've got an original but Picasso. I, what is it? It's well, it's a check. Uh, for, for, <laughs> so it's got well, built-in it value. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It is inherent value, and also it has his signature on it. See, that makes total sense to me. Total and complete sense to me. How often does your wife come see you perform? Uh, so, well, we have we have two small Uh-oh. kids, so it's oh, not yeah, as yeah, easy. Okay. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it, so she used to come way more often, but now she comes, you know, whatever, like every six months. And it's funny because she'll come and she'll be like, wow, you are talking a lot about me. Uh, <laughs> I did not. Uh, yeah. And it, well, see, my dad's a comedian. And so mm-hmm. when I first started dating my wife, um, my, I did a show with my dad. And so my mom and my now wife were sitting in the back of the room. And my mother gave my wife the best piece of comedy advice that one can give to a comedy spouse. And that was this. She leans over and she goes, if he makes a joke about you, and everyone laughs. It's not about you. You are a placeholder for a common idea. Mm-hmm. He goes, Ooh. if he makes a joke about you and no one laughs, that's about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's phenomenal. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. That works really well for me. Yeah. Joe Larson, ladies and gentlemen, tonight t- at 8 and 10.30. Tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. That 8 o'clock show is sold out. The show is doing very well, from what I understand, as a matter of fact. Is it not? It is. It's a, it's a, man, Acme is such a great club. Everybody there. It is. Just, it's it top is. notch. And the audiences that come to well, Acme. Not well, yeah, other than Brandon. But, you know, yeah, I know. If he could shave. Jeez. Um, I know. I know. Well, what does Dave Grohl look alike over here? Anyway. But it's the, and the audiences that come out, there's some of my favorite audiences in the world because they give you the room to play. And the more an audience gives you that love and that room, the more interesting I can be up there and the more we can explore together. And it makes it one of my yep. favorite places to perform. 
Really, really terrific having you on yesterday on the morning show and this show today. I appreciate your time, sir. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on, buddy. At Acme tonight, 8 and 10.30. Tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. Joe Larson. We'll talk to you next Monday. Tom Bernard Show.